uncommon sense advice on your work life, your personal life, and God knows what else. Welcome to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. When you get old, and I hate to admit it, but I am old. I'm 72 now. I hope to live another 20 years, but I could die tomorrow. But if I were to die tomorrow, and I was talking to a young person who I cared about, or even to a group of young people in an audience, whether they were 15 or 25, somewhere in there. These are the things that I would most want to, the advice I'd most want to give them that I think is of value. Uh, maybe most important is to be conscious of each moment. Certainly it's a cliche that when we're young we think we'll live forever. But each moment, especially when you're young and you're, you've got all your physical health and mental energy and idealism, those moments may be the most important of all. doesn't mean you're going to work every minute and you're going to try to make the biggest difference you can every minute, but consciously decide whether this minute, this moment, should be spent this way, whether it's to be more perfectionistic or less perfectionistic on that paper you're doing for school. Whether it's to sit and get stoned all day. Whether you should donate that valuable time to the least among us, those with the greatest deficit, or perhaps somebody with the greatest potential to profit. In other words, should you, for example, tutor the kid who's the weakest in the class or the one who's motivated and could just use your help? I'm not going to say which you should do, but I am going to ask you to try to be conscious of every decision that you make, each moment. I will admit at the risk of hubris, that's kind of showing off, that I am consciously, I've made the decision to make all these YouTube videos, including this one, because I believe it's an excellent use of my time. For this 20 minutes or whatever I'm going to be talking with you, I like to think I'll help a bunch of people real conscious. You know, I could easily have lingered over coffee and read the newspaper, but I think I'll make a bigger difference doing this with you. Moment by moment, I'm thinking about that. Okay, moving on to the next. Related point is discernment. We're all encouraged to not be judgmental. I encourage being judgmental. As I said earlier, being judgmental about who you're going to spend your time and your money on, who are worth it, who's going to yield the greatest benefit to the world or your sphere of influence. Who should be your friend? Are your friends going to be people who are going to bring you down and where your friendship is not going to benefit them much or where you both are mutually elevated? When you choose an extracurricular activity, your time is very valuable. Be discerning. Take the time to choose the extracurricular with the best instructor, whether it be a little league coach, or I mean, you're too old for that at this point, but a, you know, a, a, an art teacher, or it be a sports coach. Which relative, which uncle, aunt, grandmother, grandfather, which parent, which sibling is most use of your time? Be discerning, be judgmental. So the first tip was be conscious of each moment. The second one is be discerning. Next, accept your basic personality, but tweak a little bit for improvement. We are all a product of both our genes and our environment. The genes are a prerequisite. 
No Volkswagen can beat a Porsche no matter how well you tune it up. So accept who you are, more extroverted or introverted. Are you more bookish and introverted? Accept that basic self. So read or play music, take hikes, focus one-on-one -on -one instead of going to parties. Or if you're other, if you're the opposite, if you're super social, indulge that. That's who you are, and that'll probably be what what will benefit your career. But it doesn't mean unbridled self-acceptance for exactly who you are. Accept your basic personality, but then try to tweak little bits. For example, I'm a very assertive person. I'm a hyper person by nature. I'm not going to try to calm myself down. I'm not good. That's not going to work. I tried when I was younger. But I do try to be a little more tactful and breathe where I can to slow down. I do that with my clients. When I see I'm going too fast, I'll slow down. I might even say, hey, you know, we've just covered a lot of ground. Uh, let's slow down. I'm going to play the piano for you for a minute. And that's what I'm going to do now. I like doing that. I'm going to play something for you. I love my, my mother's favorite song. I played it a lot, but I want to do it for you now. I'm going to take two minutes for no good reason, but I do believe it's a good use of my time. I'm going to, I believe, entertain you. I think I'm going to play with the kind of sensitivity I hope you're going to appreciate and maybe even bring to your own creative out, outlet, whether it's art or music or whatever. So I'm accepting my basic personality, liking to show off, but tweaking, wanting to slow down a bit. Using my ability, that's the next point I'm going to make, is building on my strengths. I have huge weaknesses. I can't draw, for example, in the art domain more than stick figures, but I can play the piano. I was born with ears. I can barely read music. But I'm now going to play you my mother's favorite song, Autumn Leaves. Take me two minutes.
Okay, I do invite you in whatever you do. Play with as much sensitivity as you can, whether it's art, music, dance, writing, speaking. I was aware of each moment, that concept of being in the moment, being conscious of each moment. I'm not the world's greatest pianist, but I did my very best. I was fully present. I invite you to try to wring as much good and pleasure and aesthetics out of each moment. So now I want to talk about, my next tip is about school. I advise you to work only moderately at school. So much of what you're going to learn in the classroom is going to be irrelevant to your life. You're not wrong when you wonder and ask, why the hell do I need to learn this? Or why the hell do I need to do this homework? So yes, work moderately so you develop a good work ethic, so you can be in classes with other bright kids, so you can learn things, yes. But leave plenty of room, not just for good extracurriculars, and some of my favorites are debate, as long as you're ethical in your debate program, because it teaches you critical thinking, learning coding, because again, the more critical thinking, which is the most important skill you could have, but even breathing space. Just time to enjoy little bits, not huge amounts, but the fondest moments I had of my childhood were sitting in the window in my kitchen, watching cars go by, seeing if I could remember the names of what they were, or looking at the clouds go by. There should be at least a little room for that. Believe me, I work really, really hard, and I do value if we're really going to make the most of each moment, most of the time we're going to be working. But little bits of those pure, simple pleasures are worth it. Another word about school and life in general. I know that all wisdom does not reside on the left, on the liberal and the socialist side, and yet... Today, the left, the liberals, have taken control over society's mind control media, that is the schools, the colleges, the media especially, and the churches. And you will therefore get a very heavy dose of the leftist sets of arguments for how we should help the least among us, how we should, you know, that anybody who's accomplished something is privileged, and that certain races are privileged, and genders are privileged. There is some legitimacy to some of those arguments, but there is also legitimacy to conservative arguments such as that ultimately society improves the most and is best when we reward excellence, not redistribute to those who have been less productive. Now that's a view you're not going to hear almost anywhere, but I invite you to look for some conservative views a transformational book that is ridiculed by the left is The Fountainhead. If you're a bright, even 14-year-old, 13-year-old, and certainly as you're older, I think reading The Fountainhead is one of the rare balancing experiences to the leftism you're going to get. Read a publication like Reason Magazine, which is not conservative, it's libertarian, it's, it believes in little government. Read the Wall Street Journal editorial page. It's not extreme right-wing at all, but it's really thoughtful, right-of-center thought. 
that should, and I promise you that if we were in an era where almost all the schools and the colleges and the media were teaching conservative stuff, I would urge you to read the New York Times and watch CNN. But that's not where we are. So I'm urging you to get a full, the full range of ideas. It's important to develop your worldview on a macro level and micro level in your decision making about what you should do with your time, who you should vote for, etc. The next thing I want to share is not controversial at all. It's aim to make only a moderate living. Why should you know you can they say you can never be too rich or, or too beautiful? Wrong. If you're rich, you are a perhaps pursuing a career that pays so well because it's yucky. It's or it's either ethically challenged or really difficult, too difficult. Poverty ain't fun, but beyond poverty, it's wise to choose a career that is going to use your strengths and is going to be pleasurable, feel ethical, and improve the world. And whether it be from a liberal or a conservative perspective, You're probably too young to appreciate what I'm about to say, but I need to say it. If I was, I have a PhD from Berkeley and I taught there and all that. But if I were starting over again, if I were thinking about what I would do with my time, I probably would have been wise, at minimum, certainly not going to graduate school, maybe not even going to college, and maybe even dropping out of high school. Of course, my income probably would have been restricted, although you never know, there are dropouts who do really well. But I believe what I was meant to do is share information like this, whether it be in writing or verbally. And I would have started young and done that, whether I got paid crap or not and had to live with my parents all the time and I had to couldn't afford a car or whatever, I believe that would have been worth it But in exchange for having all my every hour of every day to do what I think was wise. I love learning, but I didn't like school because so much of the learning felt irrelevant. And I was forced to sit there. And it was taught at one pace, not my pace. I think, and I'm not saying you should drop out. I'm just asking you to have the full dimension, wise view of everything. Don't just accept convention. I think I would have dropped out, read a lot, did a lot of interning with wise people, asking wise people for mentorship, and I would have worked on my writing skills, not from necessarily writing teachers, but from my neighbors. Is this clear? Is this helpful? And be open to their feedback, although not necessarily accepting it. I would have written a lot. I have written a lot now, but I would have not spent those years in school. I was very unhappy learning all that stuff and I'm not very social so I and I was not a pop was too intense to be a popular kid so I ended up just focusing too much on my lack of popularity and being sad and ridiculous I think if I was outside of school and just building on my strength of writing and thinking and speaking I think I would have been both happier and made a bigger contribution in my life earlier instead of starting to do this when I was like 40 yeah, I want to make one more statement about that, making big money. 
When you think of people who make big money, they're either in high-ticket sales, and there's often very ethical temptations, and deep down, you may not necessarily believe that your product is worthy of being bought or the best product to be sold. Or you're a corporate lawyer who's making a lot of money, and you're just fighting with other attorneys over, you know, really kind of crappy little details about which company should should get money and if, rather than the other rich company and where it's really trivial and lawyerly games that determine not true justice. Not always, but too often. Bond traders. And while I have deep respect for doctors, it's so many years of training and there are such frustrations and limitations because of paperwork, non-compliant patients, know-it-all patients, insurance company and Medicare denials, lawsuits. I couldn't look you in the eye. I've taught now for six years at the UCSF Medical School medical students. I don't think I can honestly look you in the eye. And even, and unfortunately, with all these reduced reimbursements, even doctors don't make a lot of money anymore after expenses. So I don't think I can actually encourage you to, to pursue medicine. I can urge you to consider something of moderate income, complete ethics, it builds on your strengths, period. A little bit about appearance. I think I've gone too far. I went to the point where I was, even in making these YouTube videos, I'd wear just a t-shirt, and I think I lost credibility. I don't think it's worth being a, a fashion hound and getting a ton of outfits and being fashion forward and spending a lot of money on expensive haircuts and whatever. But I think it's only worth, again, in terms of making the most of your time and money, it's worth only the time it takes to be moderately concerned about how you look so that it, it isn't an albatross. It doesn't hurt you as you make your way in the world. And finally, when you're young, you think you'll live forever and you can do to your body whatever you want. I really believe loving your body. That means two things. It does mean keeping your weight under control. I'm not saying you need to be a skinny malink if that your body doesn't move that isn't that way. But be moderate in your eating. I it sounds corny. Don't take drugs. Marijuana is seen as cool even by the damn media. But the really unbiased evidence that comes out of say the CDC, if you Google Center for Disease Control of Marijuana, you'll see it's much more, the medical research that comes from unbiased sources is much more worrisome, especially for young people. I urge you to not do marijuana. Am I, am I going to be able to keep you from trying it? No, it's probably, you know, won't kill you. But if you have an, a tendency to addiction of it, if you like it a lot, you're going to want to do it more and more. And so somebody I care about, I would urge you to just not go there certainly not cigarettes, certainly little or no alcohol, little or no marijuana. Keep your weight under control. Exercise moderately. You shouldn't be, I don't believe triathletes, people who go crazy with exercise live longer. They don't. They end up ruining their joints later. But you're, I know you're too young to even think about that. Exercise moderately. Eat moderately. Keep your stress moderately under control. It's going to pay off hugely. So that's it. I'm just going to briefly summarize all the things. This is the advice I'd give a young person. Be conscious of each moment.
be discerning about how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, what you spend your money on, what activities you spend your time on. Accept your basic personality, but make little tweaks to kind of improve in little ways that are doable. It's like you can fine-tune a, a, a black-and-white television set, but you can't turn it into a color set. Build on strengths. As I said, I have strengths in communication, I have strengths in, in musicianship, I have weaknesses in fixing things, art, working on a team. I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses. I put myself in places where my strengths are going to be used and avoid activities where my weaknesses are going to be emphasized. Work moderately at school. It's not worth striving to get to 4.0. The college you go to is not going to matter that much. It really won't. Yes, the brand name matters, but having room in your life for moderation and good extracurriculars is probably wiser, net. You're going to be exposed to a, almost all liberal and socialist views on things. Seek out some conservative views like the Wall Street Journal or the book The Fountainhead. Focus not on making big money. I don't care what your peers do. Focus on making a moderate living in exchange for getting to do work that builds on your strengths, that you enjoy, that feels ethical, and it's going to make, make a difference in a small or not so small way. Pay only moderate attention to your appearance. Don't be a slob. It's, you're going to pay too big a price. But don't spend too much time and money on it. There are more important things than to focus on in your veneer. And finally, love your body. Treat it well. And that means, yes, accepting your basic body type, but don't, you know, when you're young again, you're going to think you're going to live forever. You will not. And you will longer and healthier if you love your body. You eat moderately. You avoid substances. You exercise moderately. And that is the advice that I would, that this old 72-year-old, who hopes to live to 92, would give to you. I hope you find it of value. I welcome your thumbs up and accept your thumbs down. I always look forward to your comments and especially like it if you hit the share button below. Share on your social media so that my efforts have broader impact. And I am flattered if you choose to subscribe to my channel. And if you are listening to this on my How to Do Life podcast, I'd like to end each show with the, my favorite quote, which if, if you've been listening to this, you'll know that why it's so important in my judgment. We find comfort among those who agree with us, growth among those who don't. I'm Marty Nemco. You've been listening to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. For comments on the show or to consult with Dr. Marty Nemco, his email address is mnemko at comcast.net. Post-production of How to Do Life by Terry Rouse. Music by Blue Dot Session. Thanks for listening.